0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show with Natalie cutler Welsh here on Reality Check Radio. And my next interview, I'm going to be talking to Baljeet Riot, and we're diving into the topic a little bit different. We're going to be talking about conquering the misconception of sexual energy. Welcome to the show, Baljeet. Hello, no, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be Zooming with you all the way to my homeland of Canada, um, Calgary, Alberta. Oh my goodness.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's nice for the, to be with a fellow Canadian.
1: <laughs> I know, it's so exciting. People are going to say, I can't tell who's talking because you sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't met Baljeet before, Baljeet Riot is a certified sexologist, authentic tantra practitioner akashic records consultant and teacher intuitive mentor dj and producer you must be a manifesting generator with all those multi-passionate skills (laughs) uh committed to raising the vibration of humanity Baljeet has worked with thousands of people worldwide to up level their lives by uncovering the truths of who they are to the core creating profound results in their business and relationships She believes everything in this world is energy, I agree, and getting to the root of desire by connecting people back to their sexual power causes a profound and powerful ripple that spans all areas of life. Oh, I'm so excited to dive into this topic. It's not something I'm super familiar with, and it's not something we've covered before on the show. Um, So before we do dive in, can you give us a little backstory? How did you get started in this area?
0: yeah um thank you for asking that um back in 2000 between 2003 and 2005 um I was diagnosed with a panic disorder and at the time I was living in Toronto um I was an architectural technologist so I was working in the architectural industry for um close to seven years and Um, was living the Sex and City life and was on antidepressants and um, everything on the outside looked peachy and glory, but on the inside, I felt really disconnected and I felt lost. And then also coming from a very, you know, at the time, a very strict East Indian upbringing, um, I was just a people pleaser. So I was constantly people pleasing, you know, within my family, Um, If we were to look at it as a trauma response, I was constantly fawning (laughs) and I was also people pleasing at work as well. And I was just miserable. So what happened is I had a really big relapse with the the panic attacks and um, I wasn't too sure if I wanted to stay on the planet. So I had this moment of, you know, having my first actual conscious conversation with the universe and be like, do I stay or do I live? And please show me like I actually surrendered. And then within the next day, it was like my, my intuition kicked in and I started to hear things like auditorily and it was to look up energy medicine. So I actually, at the time there wasn't Google, there was Yahoo. So I looked up through Yahoo energy medicine and I found a homeopathic doctor um and then I also worked with a naturopathic doctor to wean off the antidepressants because I knew um that I wasn't getting to the root of what was causing these panic attacks and feeling the way that I was I had no idea I was depressed. The depression was just I just thought it was that's how you live, <laughs> that's how you be. And um when I was taking homeopathic remedies it it really, and it was classical homeopathy. So I, it really allowed me get to the root cause of what was going on for me. And just, I was very disconnected from my emotions. And, um, so that connected back to my body, my emotions and my physical body. And I started to get my voice back. Uh, I, at the time gained all this weight. So I just lost all the weight as well. And, Then that's when I found the Akashic records and met my former mentor and long story short, I moved across Canada to Vancouver and started teaching the Akashic records and eventually left the architectural industry. Um, And as I was doing that, I was started doing intuitive mentorships and then people started to ask about their purpose, but then there was stuff around their sexual energy and, what was going on in the bedroom. And I would say, whatever happens in business also happens in the bedroom. And it'd be someone telling me straight up, like, I want to know what my purpose is, but I have premature ejaculation. What do I do? Right? And so because I had this tool of working in the Akashic records, and for those that don't know what the Akashic records are, the Akashic records are the record of your soul. Um, It records every word, thought, action, event, Um, so it's like getting an intuitive, um, healing and reading at the same time, where you're able to really discover your root blocks and be able to shift that. So when you're able to get to the root cause of your blocks, you're then able to make this big shift. And so the same goes with sexual energy. And I started to see the parallel with, someone's sexual blocks and how it relates to them showing up in life and and the courage. And I started to see how that was unfolding with inside of me being repressed of my own sexuality, of my own existence, um, of being a woman and my culture at that time and having a voice and, you know, uh, talk about bravery. It was like me coming into this place of courage and like using my voice and taking the leap to do the work that I'm doing now. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much my story. And fast forward, I then became an authentic tantra practitioner and a sexologist to really physically bridge like the stuff that you do with energy healing, but also bridging it physically with someone's body and how they show up and actually helping them with also trauma as well so many, so many things. There
1: are so many things, themes coming in. I love that your journey went from like repression right through to reclaiming your voice, which is something I'm so passionate about. Um, I think we'll probably have people listening that, um, they, they are on board with a lot of the terminology you're using. Thank you for explaining Akashic records. Um, I'm going to ask you later for a little bit more terminology, even around like tantra practitioners. Some people will know what that is. Some people won't, I feel like I'm in the middle (laughs) kind of have an idea, but not sure. Um, and some people listening will have ish you know issues or certain specific problems regarding their sexual energy or ab- abilities or whatever. Other people might have other things showing up in their life that they didn't even realize was related to sexual energy. So I'm excited for you just to share some of your wisdom today and to bridge the gap for some people. So I guess one of my opening questions is going to be around you know, sexual energy. How can we heal? our sexual energy, whether we know that it needs healing or not, how can we go about that? Hmm.
0: You know, that's such a great question because it's, there's so many layers and it really depends on the person. So um, how can we heal our sexual energy? Well, first and foremost is checking in of like, okay, how connected am I to my creative creativity, right? Am I a creative person? Everyone has this creative outlet. Um, And also on a a sexual level, um, noticing how you're like with a partner or solo, do you feel like you leave your body do you experience pain? Um, do you always avoid intimacy at all costs? Um, do you spend more time with the kids than with your partner and never have time to be intimate? So there's all these little patterns where it's like this avoidant pattern where you're avoiding Really connecting with your sexual energy. Do you have shame? Right, that can be a, a cultural or religious programming. I've dealt with a lot of people with religious programming from all kinds of uh, religion, um, where they were taught sex is a sin, um, and that you can only connect with it if it's it's for God or it's for you know if we were to put gender into it, it's, it's only for man, or it's it's meant as a tool to procreate versus co-create. So really looking at your programming. And so the first thing that is to do is actually bring awareness, right? When we don't have awareness, then we're not going to know Am I connected to my sexual energy or am I not? <laughs> and it tends to be the thing that's been treated as like the side dish versus the main dish um, because of even societal programming. Society has programmed us, if we really look at it, to um, treat sexual energy as like a side, dish, almost like a separate entity. So then we don't look at it. We look at it as a very technical thing versus something that's so close to, you know, it's actually your spiritual life force. Um, so once we start to treat that as our main dish, then that's when the healing begins. That's when we start to look at the shadows. We start to look at the programming that can not only come from cultural, religious, or societal, but also parental um, from other family members. It could be transgenerational where it's coming through different generations as well. Um, So it's pretty deep and it goes in
1: layers. You know, it's interesting what came to mind for me, especially when you mentioned procreate versus (laughs) co-create What came to mind for me was, you know, in so much of our early life, especially as women, in my view, in my experience, yeah. we're so focused on not getting pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. And then depending on your path and and all the, all the things, then suddenly it's like, okay, now I want to have a baby. Oh my God, I'm not pregnant yet. Oh my God. Is something wrong? <laughs> so we go yeah. from like, do not get pregnant to, okay, now I'm ready. Oh my God, it's not happening. And then either it happens or it doesn't. And so,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, that, I don't know. And then Mental it's in like, societal tra- programming. Education. It's like in, embedded in us, and what we watch on TV too. The subliminal programming, hundred percent. And so, if
1: someone's listening and they're thinking, maybe if they said yes to any of the things you mentioned, and you mentioned about the procreate versus co-create, you also mentioned avoidance avoiding scenarios or opportunities to be intimate. So if someone's answering yes to anything that you've mentioned so far, what is like, what is something they can do about that to kind of get the ball rolling? And you mentioned also to get to the root cause of the problem. How can they do that? Yeah.
0: Um, So if they're not ready to work with a professional, um, I highly recommend to just start journaling and start, You know, writing down, I like to do this thing where you draw a line across like a big piece of paper and it's like from zero to your current age and have a moment where you just have, you know, free of any interruptions where you just have time for yourself and you're going to write down any memory that you've had that felt uncomfortable or where you felt violated whether it was just even your uncle looking at you weirdly or just something that you remember. You might not remember everything, but just start writing it down at each age that you remember. And you might not remember the exact age, but just be like, I think around eight or nine, this happened. Like I feel it. And you're going to notice that there is a pattern. And then within that pattern, you're going to see how it, it currently arises within relationship, even in friendships, like. Let's just say if you're a female doing this, like you see how that, how it plays out, and even in female relationships as well, like friendships. Um, So, when you do that, that's the first thing. The second thing is to hire someone that knows, um, I ideally more of like a somatic practice that knows how to deal with trauma. Um, And because whether it's micro or macro, it's really important. Like trauma is so embedded and we can, you know, be in a fight or flight response. We can be in a freeze or fawn response. So how can we take care of that? So working with someone that actually gets it and be able to help you move through it. And it might be like breath work, right? It might be something so somatic where it's just breath work and you're just breathing with someone because, What it is, is that you're learning to get back into your body to be embodied. And because of that disconnect of the sexual energy, what happens is that there's this fragment of us that is not in our body, or we're hiding it behind our organs or in our head. We're disconnected, like literally, right? And so that causes like the symptoms of like leaky boundaries, like, and and other things. Like I said, being a people pleaser or just having really weird dynamics and relationships. So finding a professional that really understands those dynamics will be very helpful. And also doing the shadow work, looking at your own sexual shadows. Maybe there is something that, you know, where you've done where it's like, you've cheated, or it's, it's like, And actually forgiving yourself for that and understanding why that happened. A lot of people carry so much shame and so much guilt around their sexual energy. And that's why it gets avoided the most, because of the shame. Um, And I've dealt with a lot of women that are like, actually in their 50s and 60s, like currently, and all of them, mostly all of them have said, I feel so embarrassed to talk about this, because we never got to talk about this like at a younger age, or I feel so embarrassed to open up about this because I feel so disconnected. So there's even the shame about even like reaching out to someone, uh, you know, for support. So really allowing yourself to receive support in safe spaces as well. its It's really important. Yeah.
1: Terminology wise, some people wouldn't have heard of the term shadow work. Mm -hmm. Um, Or shadow teacher is one that sometimes also comes up. So thank you for explaining that. So just to reflect back. So shadow work, meaning something that is feels shameful or something that happened like that you don't, you basically push it in a little box or put it in the corner. You don't really think about it. um, And it's time to look at that. But I think some of the work that you do or others that you're saying, it's not necessarily like talk therapy. It's not necessarily, let's talk about what happened and rehash it. It's, it's more spiritual and more soul-based. Is that correct? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like a bit of both. Like, it's like, you know, it's like you and I talking right now and then I'll just be shown something and then we go deeper and deeper in layers. Um, And then they're like, oh yeah, I I remember when so-and-so touched me at this age and I'm like, okay, where else has that happened? They're like, well, it actually happened when I went to high school with another guy. And so I like to connect the dots for Mm -hmm. people for their, their, their brain, like their mental body be like, oh, like this is what actually happened. So that they go from being fragmented to actually collecting back all their fragments and feeling whole. Um, so it's a bit of both of like, bridging the the energetic work into the physical stuff and and making sense of it as well because it's really important um because to me having them as separate like you can do energy work but if you're not bridging the physicality and that's why somatic healing is really important is that you're able to bridge energy into like uh physicality and so that that brings like profound shifts it is so
1: important too. Like you mentioned people in their fifties and sixties that have had these, they haven't had the opportunity to process it properly. It's just been kind of put in the corner and they're carrying this their whole life um, yeah. until they kind of have a chance to do it in a facilitated way. Yeah. Um, so I had a question. I love the activity, the timeline activity, where you said to like make a timeline of your, the, and the eight, the approximate age when something happened. So is this really around f- sexual type physical things or if some what about if someone had like a physical thing for example i had a hernia double hernia when i was five mm-hmm. and interestingly my dad had a hernia double hernia at the exact same time so he would have been however old he is older than me oh he's about to turn 80 and i'm about to turn 50 so i'm sure we can do the math oh. on that
0: um well, it might actually be related to yeah so things. my question is is it
1: only yeah. like sexual things or is it just if something physical happened to your body do we include that in the timeline
0: yeah definitely physically as well especially in the um lower region like in the sacral like in the the sexual reproductive areas um in even lower abdomen so um so if someone had like ovarian cyst or if they had um, a miscarriage um or if they had an abortion like that's also part of it mm. too like that's really big um if they got pregnant and gave birth as well so when was the last time you gave birth (laughs) so those all count when you had a hernia or if you had like a lower back injury oh yeah I've had three of those (laughs) yeah right so they're all kind of interrelated um even the heart too like we don't think about how that's all interconnected with their sexual energy and then pinpointing okay if I was to look at this hernia, like wh- where was I at this time? You know, what was going on for me? Was I in relationship with someone? Um, and if so, what was I avoiding or what was I resisting and what was going on for me? What was I not speaking? you know, truth about, right? Um, even like thyroid stuff as well. Like I talk about like the throat, there, our throat almost like it mimics our vagina, right? And so, when one thing I noticed when I was on this journey, even like becoming a a, a, a tantra practitioner and um, be, becoming a sexologist, it was like I went deeper into. Um, Claiming more of my sexual energy, and I I felt my throat even like opened up even more, and it was like my voice just got stronger, and things that I was not able to communicate before, I I feel like I'm now able to, and it it, it shifted a lot of things, yeah. In Amazing. a positive way.
1: <laughs> yeah. So to our listeners, you know, where are you shutting your voice down, and maybe that is possibly related to some sexual healing that hasn't been done, you know, where are you maybe not looking at some trauma or some of that shadow work? Um, it's interesting. And in the timeline activity, if anyone in our audience wants to do that, you know, we're sending you love because some of the memories that come up will be emotive. Um, whether that's, like we you know, whether it's an accident that happened, like I slammed my baby finger in the door and my ha- finger was hanging by a thread, you know, when I, gonna, I'm yeah. going to put all the, acti- the incidences <laughs> in, um, as well as maybe, you know, an incident with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, et cetera. So we are sending you love. If you're going to do that activity, um, it's, it's going to be, you know, some things might come up for you, but definitely, um, worth looking at because like you said, connecting the dots, a lot of this stuff is related, To how we show up in the world. And more than ever, I get excited because people are really leaning into the discovery of who am I? How do I want to show up in this world? And what is my purpose? So I'd love to go there because you mentioned early on in your intro about purpose. And I do feel a lot of people are questioning, like, what is my purpose? What am I here for? And I've always felt like I know I'm born for more. And I don't mean in an ego, I want to be famous way. I mean, impact. So, can you comment a little bit more on purpose and what are you seeing people asking or discovering about themselves, especially in the
0: last three years? Yeah, well, I love how you brought that all forward with regards to sexual energy because you know when people think about sexual energy, they immediately go to like orgasms and stuff, which is which is amazing, but that's like the byproduct of being able to have multiple orgasms and and whatnot. The other thing too, with sexual energy, as soon as someone really starts to connect with it, you are connecting deeper to your truth. You are connecting to your own sexual identity. And when I mean sexual identity is like who you are as a whole being, who you really are versus what you were programmed to be. Right. And when that happens, you then align to your actual purpose you align to your mission and when you're not aligned to that i call it misdirecting your energy but also it's it's misdirecting your purpose as well when you're not connected to your your ultimate truth like that inner knowing and so by healing your sexual energy and learning to connect with it to really cultivate it to really be in this state of like connecting to pleasure to joy to passion it it activates this inspiration and it gives hope. And it also gives this creation of like, oh my God, this is what I meant to be doing. You start to really um, visually or just intuitively know on a deeper level what that purpose is. And it's, it really is an inner knowing. And I've dealt with a lot of people where all of a sudden it's like they write a book and <laughs> they're off doing something or they created a program because they know now what they're meant to be doing versus maybe what someone from the outside taught them what, what they need to do. Right. It's like the, it's like stepping out of the cookie cutter, you know, being a life coach or whatever it is. And it's like, wait, wait a second. Like, who, like, why am I here? Who am I and what am I supposed to be doing? And how can I make this happen? Those are the big questions. Mm
1: I would love it if you could share with our listeners of another um, activity or a practical tip or strategy to help somebody who's interested in conquering the mis- misconception of sexual energy or living more aligned with their purpose. Um, yeah. Is there another activity or question that you ask your clients that we can dive into here?
0: Yeah. So two things like I, I really love that you know, by applying some sort of somatic uh, so approach, meaning like doing some form of breath work. So working with someone one-on-one or um, I've seen like small groups where it's like there's breath work circles or just, you can do it online or, um, you know, in person, depending on who, you know, breath work is amazing. Uh, there's this thing that um, I've been taught through authentic Tantra called the ocean breath. And it was developed by Carla Tara. Um, so you're using breath sound, um, as you're like, it's like a, ah, like you're doing like this sound with your breathing, like with your breath and you're really connecting back to your body and actually like giving it like a good 10 minutes, like minimum <laughs> doing that. And so what you're going to notice is that things are just going to start pushing out And like moving through your body, you might feel some emotion come up as well, because how often do we allow ourselves to breathe? And if we think about it, even sexually, how many times have you held your breath, right, versus relaxed? And so the same applies for for business, too. It's like if you feel um, stressed or anxious, like how often do you hold your breath? So our breath is really, really important. Another thing, too, is dancing, this is why I became a DJ and started making music Mm -hmm. is because I wanted people to feel like they can move their body and move energy and set an intention. So I've been creating these intentional DJ sets, which you can find on my SoundCloud. that's on my website. And by just setting your intentions and just playing a, a DJ set and just moving your body, or maybe just listening to it while you're driving or just cleaning, whatever it is um, I've infused like intentionally uh, to help clear, clear, like the energy body um, and to activate the the sexual energy as well to create inspiration. And so movement is really important. And I mean, like dance, or it could be Tai Chi. So moving the energy, um, you can meditate as well, but for someone that might be holding too much trauma or they don't really necessarily have a practice. It's easy to escape into your head or even leave your body. And anything that is a practice that gets you embodied, that's what you want to be doing. I'm excited to hear some of your music.
1: In fact, we'll probably play some of your um, music after this. I normally play a song after each interview, so we'll definitely give people a taste of that. That's really cool. You know, it's funny with the dancing. It came up in a previous interview. Um, I was talking to Machu to hook to hooky and he was talking about the power of dance. And I've been thinking about doing like a dance fit. Um, not so much a class, but just getting some of my freedom loving truther mates together and just doing some dancing for fun, but basically for fun and fitness. Um, so I think I might follow that spark of inspiration. Thank you for bringing it yeah, to my I'm awareness. Definitely. Um, I'd love it if you can share, you know, confidentiality and all that. Um, If you've got someone that you've, you know, kind of worked with and how they've gone from A to B, you know, kind of a before and after, are you able to share something like that just to give some people listening a little bit of more inspiration Um, of what is possible for them if they are feeling like they just are a bit constricted in the way that they're living life or they're not on path and not on purpose and they've tried everything and they never thought it would be related to a sexual thing. Um, Yeah. Can you share something with us?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I recently worked with someone who I think she's in early fifties or early sixties and you know, really was not taught how to connect to her sexual energy. And so since taking uh, one of my programs and then also working one-on-one, it was like, she finally got permission. Like she finally gave herself permission to connect literally with her genitals and be like, Oh, I can put a mirror down there and I can say hello. Like, is that okay? Like, it was just like, so, um, uh, out there for her. But as soon as she reconnected to like, literally her genitals, she met this whole new part of herself. And she was like, wow, this is how disconnected I was because this, this was the thing that I've been avoiding the most. you right. And, um, and then what happened is that she really started to connect back to her sexual energy and, started to give herself permission to say no because she was really in this energetic of the people pleaser and and really wanting to find her, her, her soul family. Um, but the way that she was doing it was coming from a dynamic of being the rescuer. Mm-hmm. So we can fall in the dynamic of the rescuer, uh, victim persecutor. And if you don't know what that is, you can Google it. There's a ton of information about it. But if you're not empowered, you can fall into these dynamics, these roles. And so the more she really started to connect back to her sexual power, the more she gave herself permission to actually use her voice, um, which has been like a game changer for her. So that's one example. Um, and can I just
1: clarify, when you say it gave her permission to say no, you don't necessarily mean in a sexual context, just in life in general.
0: Life in general.
1: Yeah. So it's like a lot of this work it doesn't necessarily stay in the bedroom or whatever as such it can be that it becomes about boundaries or speaking your truth or showing up as the true version of yourself it's not about being sexy or keeping things in the bedroom so i just wanted to clarify cuz that's what i'm taking and make sure that the audience is on the same page yeah yeah
0: and the the byproduct is yeah you'll feel sexier <laughs> like like the byproduct of that is in the bedroom, you'll, you'll, you know, do what you got to do, but it, how you'll show up just in general, like in public with, with family, with friends, it's, it's like a one eighty. Um, There's someone else that similar, very like same age uh, went through like menopause and just believe that, you know, they were lifelong to be dry and not be connected. And there was some religious programming. So basically she was programmed similar to what you were talking about to like, not think about sex. Like her father was like, don't ever think about it. Right. And then as soon as she, she had an arranged marriage, she was expected to have sex that night. So then it's like, then think about it. And she couldn't, cause she was like, this is, I, I don't know what to do. And it took a while. And even when she ended up having sex with her husband, it was very traumatic for her. Right. Um, and so, and then how that physically showed up with, you know, birthing her kids and how that showed up in her, her womb, like the, the physical ailments. So through our work together, she's been able to put the pieces together and reclaim her power back, really understand why, like some people think whatever happened to them, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I was raped, kind of raped by my high school partner but that's okay like they kind of brush it off and you're like whoa whoa wait a second and then it's like but do you see how that relates to your fear of being visible right or the fear of speaking in public and being like actually being visible or your own physical body like your weight as well right, right. like it's like need, yeah right so there I've had so many kind of like stories um that have been like very humbling and profound. Um, another one is someone who was raised um, in a Mormon community and was exposed to satanic ritual abuse. Um, so that was a really big one. And she left that and we worked a lot I, together just for her to regain her power. And now she started her own podcasts um, to help other people escape Um the Mormon community for satanic ritual abuse. Um, And not all Mormons are not, are like that by the way. Um, But this was specific to what she got exposed to. And for her to have someone listen to her, um, that was an eye opener for me of the kind of things that can happen for someone and how it really impacts and, and showing up in life and not feeling safe um, so it really <laughs> I have so many stories, but those are just some examples. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it really is bringing to mind, you know, some tra- traumas as well as some dramas. They might not have been like a trauma as such, but for a lot of people, you mentioned it, the birth situation. We, I was together with a few friends just a few days ago and we were just n- n- kind of not swapping birth stories, but we've talked about our, the birth of our kids, and some of my friends have had really traumatic birth experiences. I haven't, you know. I had three kids, no drugs, no dramas, like all natural, one water birth. Anyway, it was so my. I don't have any traumas with that, but I have other body issues like my back and my shoulder. But um, yeah, the the birth stories that's huge, and for a lot of women, it's kind of like okay, now breastfeed and now you know choose your kindy and what is your kid gonna wear to the cute little afternoon tea. And before you know it, they haven't had a chance to like process it and deal with it, but they Harbor it. Right.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that forward because like for many, um, what I've done is, uh, I've, I've gone back and done a rebirth with them of how they have wanted Mm -hmm. to give birth and like healing any kind of trauma in regards to their whole birthing experience. And, and even with regards to sensation, like, uh, for some women, they lose uh, if they had a tear, right? They can lose sensation around the perineum and be like, "Oh yeah, well you know that's okay." And it's like, no, you can restore that. You can restore everything, um, and and that's what I mean. It's like, oh yeah, this happened, but then just kind of brushing mm-hmm. it off, and then and then also with having kids, like you're just on the go, so you have to. It's like there's not this moment to really like you said, be able to process and also be able to grieve as well, like to be able to grieve and, and celebrate the transition of becoming a mother. There's so much in it. And, um, you know, I'm going to say with societal programming and just like, um, it's, it's very like get pregnant, like have your kids, boop, there you go. But there's not space to really create I want to say ceremony around it, right. For it to be really acknowledged. Um, and I feel like that's very important for uh, a woman who does give birth to really feel that nourishment and feel that celebration. Um, so yeah, it's really big Mm,
1: to be acknowledged. And for a lot of women, I imagine they listen, you know, they do share stories, but a lot of women would be like, Oh my goodness, she had it so much worse than me. I guess I should be grateful. And so they're yeah. using the S word, which is should, which <laughs> my audience yeah. knows. I don't like that word. Um, and they're not an honoring, acknowledging and honoring their own personal experience and how that has affected them. And so it just goes into the box that they never open,
0: but it still affects their health and their happiness and how they show up. Uh, and I, I, again, I'm so happy you brought that forward because the woman, uh, especially like right now that i'm currently working with um a few in particular have had major uh, birth trauma you know just and they've never talked about it like never and they're like i'm finally able to talk about this because i know like they know now it has something to do with their purpose and this is what i love mm. like their late fifties and sixties. And they're like, I now know <laughs> I finally, know my first pers- purpose. And I'm like, yes, you know, you could do it. doesn't matter what age you are and they're ready for it, but they, they finally seen the connection and it is so, so important. And, and like you said, like comparing stories, like every soul is so unique and there's a reason why that happens. and, and, it's like, it can be karmic. It could be stuff like that. We haven't cleared, right. Like as an individual and it comes through and magnifies through the birth. Right. So how we even birth is also a reflection of, you know, what, what needs to heal, what needs to clear. Um, yeah. I
1: also want to acknowledge the men when it comes to the birth because obviously women talk about their birth story and men might not, they might be like, Hey mate, congrats, you know, congrats on the baby or whatever. And that, but they don't talk about how traumatic it was for the guy. And, and in my view, because we didn't, I did not have traumatic births. I can't really speak from experience, but from some of my friends, the guys feeling quote unquote helpless when their wife or partner is literally looking like she's about to die or like, you know, making noises like an animal. Um, and they can't really do much. So yeah do you find that sometimes there's some sexual healing that needs to take place for the men around the birth or does that not come up
0: Oh I'm I'm so loving your questions <laughs> so yes <laughs> I actually recently worked with someone um who actually went through this phase of I call it like male postpartum like instead of his partner going through depression he went into a deep depression and then as we went deeper it was like oh my god like you're you're actually going through postpartum like it was and and it made sense because he's very nurturing and very like he's got a lot of qualities that is like motherly as well mm-hmm. um so it was interesting to um and also he's a younger man so it it was like this rapid of like going from you know at this age and being a dad all of a sudden and having to grieve so many things and there mm-hmm. was other things going on in his life so a little bit of grief everywhere. And so we started doing, um, some tantra work together, um, just online. And I showed him some meditation practices and eventually somatic practices to work with his own genitals to help heal and bridge that. And it was very like, you know, uh, kind of like a game changer for him because he really felt understood and he didn't feel cause it was like shame. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, would have noticed with a lot of men is that it's almost like they feel shameful for even having to feel something (laughs) when really sometimes what they're feeling too is also they're very empathic and they're actually feeling Mm. and taking on stuff from their partner. So that's the other thing that I've been been shown as well and having to work with. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And then also
1: possible guilt and shame around, well, you know, I should I should yeah. be the strong one or I should nurture her. I shouldn't be the depressed one. She's, you know, and all that. Hey, we, I feel like we could chat all day, but I'm actually going to segue to the four questions that I ask every guest. Yeah. <laughs> Number one um, is upping your brave. So this is like, what is one thing in the last year that you've done and navigated through or achieved where you've truly upped mm-hmm. your brave?
0: Yeah, I actually uh, over the last year and a half I became uh an authentic tantra practitioner and a sexologist and that was me going deeper and you know doing my own work and and also sharing that with the world um because I was really avoidant at like I I still talked about sexual energy beforehand but I made it as like a side thing and committing to this being like my main dish. So that's been like a, a courageous, a brave thing that I've, I've done for myself. I like that phrase, the main dish. That's very cool. And yeah. And we often in the speaking
1: world, we use the term name it and claim it. And that's, that's what you did. Now you're helping so many people around the world with it. What is one thing on your bucket list, something you would love to do be or experience in your lifetime that possibly the reality check radio community can help you to do?
0: I've always wanted to do a hot air balloon. And I remember a buddy of mine went to, I think it was Morocco with his friends a couple of years ago. And there was like a DJ, uh, Bedwin playing like on the hot air balloon. And then all his other friends were in different hot air balloons and they were just like sunrise uh listening to music and having this beautiful experience and i was like oh my god that is so like that is a bucket list for me um yeah that would be you know listening or me djing on a hot air balloon with everyone else on hot air balloons but yeah hot air balloon yeah I love the vision of that. So
1: it's not just, I want to have a hot air balloon ride, tick, done. Yeah. It's the experience of it. And it's like multiple hot air balloons with yeah. like music Unity. and yeah. DJ. Love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, if we can help you with that, we will be in touch. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of it being somewhere um, a bit extravagant, like in Morocco. That sounds great. Yeah.
0: Right? Right.
1: What is coming up for you in life or business in the next six months? And how can we connect with you online?
0: Yeah. Um, so I have a seven week series called Tantra portal. I have one coming up, uh, mid July, but you can also catch up on the recordings and just go at your own pace. Um, so that's been a very uh, profound experience for a lot of women. And I also do one-on-one work and, um, my DJ mixes as well are on my website. Um, yeah. And I'm, more than likely going to be doing something in September. I haven't fully, um, downloaded the whole thing, but working with the Yoni egg and pelvic floor exercises and all that. Cause I've been getting a lot of, um, questions around that. So I'm just in the process of curating something special for women. All right. So if they follow you online, they can keep in touch with that. Um, are, are you on Instagram? What's your website? Yes. So my website is beljeetriot.com. So B-A-L-J-I-T-R-A-Y-A-T.com or on Instagram. It's I am beljeetriot.
1: Love it amazing well i'm definitely going to follow you on instagram and i'm sure others will as well um what i'll also do is i'll post um i'll post a, the photo of us or 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 definitely the banner on my up your brave with natalie cutler welsh on facebook so people can possibly find you that way as well amazing hey before we wrap it up i know there's so many things to talk about is there anything else you'd love to share with our audience on this amazing topic of conquering the misconception of sexual energy
0: mm. Oh, that's a big one. Um, it's to really give yourself permission to to really create space and time to connect with it and have no judgment about it, have a lot of compassion for it, even if you feel guilty or shameful. Just that just the moment to really connect with it um, really does make a shift. Even if it's like taking five minutes to reflect and journal, I guarantee you it'll create a ripple effect.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. Connection and compassion. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. I think you've opened a new topic um, for some people that they have maybe never heard of or now they're, they're interested to explore because it just might be the key to what's holding them back from being who they are. Thank you for joining us today, Baljeet Riot. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR Reality Check Radio.